0: Welcome to another exciting episode here at the um, Fit Fighter podcast, the podcast gym of inspirational fitness talk. I am your host, fitness goer TJ Williams, giving you the insight of my fitness journey. Discussing and analyzing fitness-based subjects, and highlighting individuals that are involved in fitness past, present, and future. All right, so before we get this episode going, um, for those who are just tuning in, um, this is a pre-recorded episode. So whatever I talk about in this episode is either coming up or already past. So, uh, of course... uh, with everything going on in the world today, of course, I hope everybody's feeling well. I mean, other than the tragedies that we had for the past couple of weeks, you know, in of course my area in West New York and Texas, I mean, we, um, of course we pray and, um, wish everybody the best, especially the families of the victims, but nevertheless, I mean, in this podcast, we're always here to talk about positive, um, positive things. Um, we're not here to talk about politics. So of course, uh, this is definitely fitness, um, Positivity, that's what we're going to do. We spread fitness positivity. All right, so today I got my guest coming from New York City, the Big Apple, or should I say Gotham? <laughs> I'm kind of jealous because that's the city of um, Batman. <laughs> All right, so she's a personal trainer, and of course, she's a fitness producer. She does um, private and um, group fitness classes, which is amazing. So i like to introduce everybody to Andrea um, Peterson, who decided to come on the show and um, share her story. And, um, of course, me and her is going to go back and forth. All right. So how are we doing, um, Andrea?
1: We're doing great. I wish I could say I've met the Batman, but he seems to evade me. Um, hey. Hopefully one day we'll cross paths in a dark alley. Or not, because uh, that might be a bad thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I caught one. Um, uh, somebody dressed up as Batman at Comic-Con. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It does uh, happen. They're around.
0: <laughs> so, how is it in the fitness world with you?
1: Ah, uh, the fitness world is good. It's um, it's been interesting since looking at how things are going before COVID, during COVID, and after, and things have definitely evolved. I think in New York City, it's coming back alive, which is exciting. Um, you know, it was fun and convenient to be able to teach via the interwebs. Um and not being tied down to one location or running all over the city. But I have to say I'm very glad that things are coming back, because I personally love the interactions of like seeing my students beforehand, seeing them after. I can only do so many Zooms where everyone turns their computer off and hides in their own living room. So I'm glad that the fitness industry, especially in New York, is coming back full force.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing for me. I need an army when it comes to fitness, you know, <laughs> and for me, I don't mind one-on-one, at least trying to help that one person that's trying to, um, uh, like get, bum fit and like get, bum get more in shape. But you know, for me, when I'm uh, doing my fitness classes, I want an army. I want to sound a marching feet.
1: I love that too. Like, I mean, even myself, like I am not a huge workout at home person. I You know, even though I do produce fitness videos, because I do understand that there are people out there who are either still at home or needed at home and the convenience of it. But for me, I'm definitely like I'm a gym junkie for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're going to kind of get back into that. So as we episode go, but definitely we're going to go back in time. So you're going to take us on a trip back before fitness even entered your life. So the first question is, how would you describe yourself before getting to fitness? So were you like a go getter?
1: Oh, man. Who was I? You know, I grew up in Texas and not to throw Texas under the bus at all. But, you know, I grew up in Texas in the 80s, early 90s as a little girl who had a lot of energy. And, you know, in the 80s, the solution was if anybody if your kid had energy, throw them on to Ritalin. And my mom was like, I'm not going to put my daughter on meds. Um, Instead, she threw me into every sport that she could think of. So I played basketball. I played soccer. I played softball. I danced. You know, in fact, I thought I was going to be the first woman in the NBA, (laughs) Um, until I stopped growing. I stopped growing at five, six, uh, doesn't get me very far. Um, even in the WNBA, um, which is totally fine. I, you know, I was obsessed with basketball and I was definitely more of a ball handler than anything. So, um, you know, people like Steve Nash or, you know, and, um, that, that kind of crew of like fast movers, quick feet, um, would have been fun to emulate, but, You know, I went into college and played lacrosse, and then I ended up finding yoga in my life, which was kind of my first entrance into what you would say, quote-unquote, fitness, because I'd been a dancer, I'd been a college athlete, and I wanted something that would just, like, love my body, basically hug my body, um... And from there, I think that's what was my introduction into fitness. Like Before, it was like I had a lot of energy. I loved playing sports. I was super competitive. Um, but it was yoga that actually was like, hey, this is health. This is wellness. This is um, how to love your body and like listen to your body. So I'm really glad that yoga kind of was my entrance into uh, my fitness role because I think that's at the core of when I train and teach people. It's not just bulk up and if someone does want to bulk up that's great but under it is like about alignment and health and wellness and daily living and that'll just make you a more successful you know fitness athlete
0: amazing i mean of course you being like having a lot of energy of course uh yeah a lot of people with adhd of course with me you know Mm -hmm. they say put them on medication but dad you got put them in sports i mean that's gonna at least get get them the um that push into other things. Uh, of course, like you said, you went into yoga and then that push almost pushed you into other things and like doing like your own classes and everything, doing like other weight you know, yeah. That's
1: Yeah, how. I you know, when I was teaching yoga, I went there because I actually worked um, in production on Martha's Vineyard um, for a production company. And the people that I lived with were yoga instructors. So when they opened up their yoga school, they invited me to come. And at that time, I just wanted to take it to kind of just like, further my like practice in yoga and I was like you know maybe I'll teach on the side who knows Um, and so while I was freelancing as a producer shooter editor for a couple different news organizations I was just teaching um, a couple classes a week. And so at no time was I still even in that moment thinking that fitness was like a career or a passion. Well, I guess no, let me rewind. It was definitely a passion. And so I never wanted to put the weight of making money and paying rent on it because yoga was something that I truly just loved. So I always taught on the side. It wasn't until I moved to New York uh, for acting that yoga, fitness, and all that stuff became actually kind of like a second career for me because, you know, as an actor, some, I mean, you can create your own content, which I have, you know, but for the most part, someone else gets to decide if you get to do something. And so for me, yoga was like, I got to decide if I do it. I got to decide if I taught, you know, obviously the gym had to hire me. Um, But through that, because they knew I had, a lot of the gyms knew I had sports background. I had coached a division three lacrosse team. Um, and I got certified as a and personal trainer. So then I started teaching other modalities, cardio hit, uh, I had done a boxing film, uh, years ago that I had to train for. And because of that, then I started getting into teaching boxing. Um, and then just kind of like literally, you know, I just kept getting called up to teach several different modalities and just fell in love with it as like something that I could either act or I could train. And it brought me the same amount of joy.
0: Yeah, I mean everything you're talking about pretty much sounds like what I pretty much went through. I mean, of course, I have the martial arts background that pretty much helped with um with um fitness mostly because I started off doing um body combat because mm-hmm. that was like a martial arts based um fitness program. So I fell in love with that, and then of course I went from being a participant to being an instructor. I mean, I mean the training was definitely fun, and then definitely from there I had to do like two tapings just to get certified. I mean. I wish there was only one, but of course I failed the first one and I had to do a second one. And then of course, from there I got certified and that's, yeah. I love it.
1: It's a great, and you know, the one thing that I do love about teaching boxing is a lot of my students actually are either women, um, young women or older women as well. And it's really fun to see them because I, I kind of teach it with, you know, they always do talk about like boxing being like dancing, but like I kind of teach it with that mentality that it really helps Them not only for self defense or a cardio workout, but it's them to learn their bodies because that you know it's fun to watch. I have like probably five or six women who have been with me for three or four years now. And it's been fun to watch them since their first day to where they are now. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's how my body moves. And, you know, just simple things when they're learning how to, you know, roll and duck or, you know, throwing a hook without like slingshotting their arm and all this kind of stuff and realizing that they have control of their body. It's the greatest thing. Just, you know, it's like it doesn't even matter that they'll never step in a ring or never fight anyone. It's just that they have this ability to understand their body, how to use it, and then just like enjoy it. And that, it's for me, that's so much fun
0: yeah definitely i mean definitely with um body combat you know i just tell them don't think of it as a third workout think of it as you're defending yourself Yeah. i mean everything you're doing is self defense right. i mean that's usually what i tell my students when i um teach martial arts you know you're when you're actually doing a black belt test it's like your test is like how much you can like take when you're doing all these techniques you can get tired but you can still keep going yeah. and, you know yeah i pretty much been through like four black belt tests, you know, that's just, that just proved that, um, of course being, being a fourth degree just proves that, um, how much I really want to survive. So yeah. i really like, yeah. All right. So what was to say your, um, biggest or difficult challenge starting out? Like
1: starting out. Oh, that's a good question. I've never thought about that. Um, my biggest challenge, this is where there's going to be dead air. Cause I don't know. Um, you know, I think it's my own like, um, my own personal like uh, expectations, physical expectations. I think like, and it probably is for a lot of trainers. Like the things that we get hung up on ourselves. Um, I struggled a lot actually. Um, I had um, some cysts on my uterus during college. And so if I ever sometimes would be, like, running and stuff, um, if I had, like, too many, like, sprints or – it like, they never could really determine what was causing the pain. So it really was hard for me in college doing that because I was always nervous if I was going to get these, like, abdominal cramps. That would just feel like someone had taken, like this is a lot of like descriptors, but taken a fork to my abdomen and was trying to pull it out. Uh Um, And it wasn't consistent. And so I think that was my biggest challenge is because I loved running and I loved sports. And by the end of my college career, I was really anxious to run. And so yoga, another reason why that was really good for me. But then when I wanted to get cardio back into my life, I just remember every time I would go for a run, I'd either do it on a treadmill because I was like, okay, if something happens, I can get off it. Or if I wanted to run the neighborhood, I would end up just having the most boring loop around a track because I just didn't want to run too far where I'd have these abdominal cramps and be like three miles away from my home. So for me, that was the hardest time to like figure out my body. We finally got that all situated, which is good. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's like when things like that pop up as a trainer, it's just like, ah, like but this is what I care about. This is what I'm passionate about. I'm trying to work around it. Um, I was dealing with uh, plantar fasciitis and tendonitis in one of my ankles for the past year because I was teaching too much and too aggressively. I was doing a lot of hit classes and plyometrics just really messed up my right foot. And so it's taken me a lot to like come back to where I am now. And it's just been, and it comes and goes. Like every three weeks, I'm like, fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I'm not. So now I feel like it's a whole new challenge because, like, running's good, but if I teach a plyometric heavy hit class, I know the next day my foot's going to be grumpy. So I think it's just, like, recognizing, which is it's a good thing because, like, you recognize your own physical limitations, which helps you be a better trainer. But it is one of those things when you're like, this is, this is my life, you know? And I think any athlete who's ever gotten injured on the court or on the field, it's that same thing. You're like, this is what makes me tick, and I can't. Um, so I think that's, that was probably my biggest struggle was like my own personal physical limitations.
0: Yeah. That's, I, I feel like that's the one thing that kind of keeps most participants away. They have that physical, um, limitation or health scare. I mean, yeah. yes, you know, that's the biggest thing, you know, you tell them like for most people, it's like high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you're trying to figure out how do you control that. and Then of course, if it's not controlled and then one day you go so hard and doing, fitness and then you kind of drop dead or you get a heart attack. So
1: Yeah, uh, so that's why I actually love like talking with everyone I train and trying to introduce multiple different modalities for them. So that like one, if it's just not in their body or two, it's not in their their heart. You know, like I think that plays a lot into when someone's going to be healthy and the choices that they make for fitness is if it's something that they want to do. Now there's obviously a lot of things we don't want to do. Um, I'll be the first one to say, I'd rather go for a run any day than hit the gym and lift weights. I'm a cardio person. I'll get on the bike, I'll get on the rower, I'll get on the treadmill, I'll you know run everywhere. Um, but if you can find a way in that, to, that you look forward to, or like setting up a way that you can see like small goals as you go. I'm like, oh wait, now I can do that. Or like, if your body doesn't work a certain way, like, you know, some people have, a, you know, a skeleton makeup that might be not let yoga is not a good, yoga is not the best thing for them. Or like, they really need to take you know, yoga with a trainer who really helps them or more, you know, restorative classes or something like that. Cause I think that's a huge misconception out there is like a lot of people think I just need to be stretchier. And that's actually not true. The way your skeleton is built is going to actually determine how and what poses you can do. So I think a lot of people are intimidated by yoga uh, because of that. And, you know, I think a lot of people are intimidated by martial arts because it is a lot of choreography and it is a lot of like understanding left, right, back, defense, offense. Um, and so I think for me, it's just really whoever I'm working with, whether it's group fitness or one on one, I mean, like, where are you at today? It doesn't matter where you were at yesterday or where you're going to be tomorrow. Where are you at today? Um, and touching base with that. And that just is super exciting for me when I get to see, you know, a client or a class just really click in.
0: Yeah, I guess that's how I usually start my class. You know, I ask them, like, or should I tell them, if you have any limitations or injuries you're recovering from, please consider the low impact or low intensity option. I mean, I want my participants to at least get through the class, like, not have to, like, sit aside and say, like, um, I can't do this. I can't finish. So usually right. if you have that limitation or injury you're recovering from, I mean, you know, it's always best for instructors to show them the their options of like doing the exercise, you know, for
1: yeah. And I think also, like, it's sometimes, you know, I think even just saying modification, like, I think it has a negative connotation to it. And, you know, I, it's funny, I taught a yoga class this past week about the fact that um, let's try to like change the perception we have of something. Oftentimes, like, you do something and you're like, I can't do that. And if we were to just flip the mindset of, I can do this today you know, versus I can't do this. Um, And really working on that in any of the modalities that we do, I think is really helpful because people focus too much on the lack of something versus focusing on what they can do and building on top of that. Because then it becomes positive and then they can look to tomorrow and, you know, be optimistic and excited about what can happen versus if they're constantly going, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. And chances are sometimes you, you just can't, like it's not in your body in your age. It's not in your whatever it is. Um, so I work really hard with all my students uh, just to always encourage them. Is like, well, what can you do? And let's like, let's go from there, you know?
0: Yeah. Do you think like your favorite moment when you're um, in fitness, like say, do you like um, go to like training like sessions? Like for me, like for when I went to for body combat, you know, I went to this uh, initial train for two days. So that's like my favorite moment when I um, got into... Uh, teaching fitness so what would you say your favorite moment would be
1: oh that's a great question um i have a lot of like for my own fitness world uh like me as like health and wellness i think when i've you know challenged myself there was a time like you know i'm a runner but not like a long distance runner and there was like my husband's a very long distance runner he could like put on a pair of shoes and run six miles every day and that's like his base (laughs) um I think it's, for me, it's exploring like activities outside of fitness that I get really excited. Like I'm a, I'm a huge skier and I didn't ski until I moved to Utah several years ago. And um, it was really neat to see my fitness lifestyle, how it impacted skiing. And I was like, and it just because, I mean, you think of it like an athletic thing, like you're an athlete, skiers are athletes. And um, for me, I think that was like really exciting. I was like, oh, wow, look, my I have these really strong legs, you know, that I used as sprinting legs when I was in lacrosse. And now like they're like amazing little tree trunks that get me down the mountain. Um, so I think that was really cool to find a new a new adventure a new sport a new fitness thing that i'd never done but did it late in life but was able to apply the balance of yoga the strength of like running and all that kind of stuff and be like wow look what my body can do and that's just like really exciting
0: yeah so i mean for me i mean this and running now like the most miles i've ever run was 10 miles so I mean, I'm looking to probably try to do the half marathon since I can, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm going to finish or even finish at the time that I actually did 10 miles, but, you know, I'm willing to try anything, you know, I already did like a couple of 5Ks. So, I mean, yeah. it's just
1: fun to like push yourself and like, you know, it's great to like give yourself like goals and be like, hey, I want to try it in this amount of time or this speed or whatever. Um, for me, sometimes it's just like, I want to do, and then like, see what happens. I was in Guatemala, uh, for a shoot and I had a day off and I was like, okay, I could be lazy, but there's like tons of volcanoes there. Um, so I did a full day hike up this volcano, um, Acatenango, and it's basically like six hours straight up. And I just remember being like, you literally, you get to the base of this volcano and you just start going up and you know, like there were several times that I like wanted to stop and like, quit, but at the same time, it was just like I said, like I'm a huge hiker and just like using the fitness that I had. And it was really cool. You get to the top and you're like, hot damn, I just did that, you know, like that, (laughs) holy crap, you know? And like, I look back at that so many times and like if I had needed, you know, and I'm a person who's like huge, like if you need to stop, stop. You know, I'm not getting a blue ribbon for like passing out at the top of the volcano. Um, But it's, you know, it's stuff like that where it's like, what, you know, like going somewhere and being like, what can I do? I was just in Mexico over Christmas and I've never kayaked before. And we went kayaked in the bay and um, I developed a little tennis elbow from it. Um, So that was a little, uh, just I overworked my arm. But I was like, you know, why not? Like I I kind of have this mentality of why not? You know, like, and, you know, I'll go until it's like unsafe and, you know, be smart. But I think there's a part of me that it's not pushing my body to its limits, but it's understanding that's who I am. Like, we are made of a body, you know, and um, and kind of just taking advantage of that just really excites me.
0: Uh, Amazing. I mean, probably uh, all this traveling you've been doing, it's like really have pretty much boosts your credibility because, uh, yeah, there's always and a just lot of...
1: It means I get on a plane a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many challenges out in the world. I mean, you for me, I mean, I want to try to go for the Rocky steps. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Good.
0: I mean, uh, awesome. So what would you say your ultimate goal would be?
1: Oh, my ultimate goal? You know, I don't have an ultimate goal. It's just to, you know, and this sounds so hippy-dippy, I know, um, but I've always truly lived with, just waking up in the morning and finding joy. And there there are obvious things that like we need to do in life to pay the bills, to like make sure we have food on the table, roof overhead, you know, like all that kind of stuff. But I also like will adjust that to finding the joy that I have, you know, so I'm totally fine with like having less money if the things that I do do I'm passionate about. Um, I and I'm definitely more of an active person. I could be very passive like the production job that I have right now as a fitness um producer. It's a great job. It's fun. I have good people in my, you know, my coworkers are great and um I technically don't have to physically do anything. Like I am just producing. Um and I don't need to train to like pay the bills or anything like that, but I'm so passionate about it still. That I, it's basically like having two careers. I'm still a producer and I'm still a trainer. And um, my Saturday mornings, I teach a boxing class and a yoga class that I've been teaching probably for three years now. And I could take a Saturday morning and sleep in. I could wake up, go directly to the beach in the summer, but I actually really look forward to my Saturday mornings. Like it brings me a lot of joy and which makes it really hard when it comes to like weekends. And I'm like, I don't want to travel on the weekend because I have these two classes. Um, So for me, it's just waking up and taking advantage of the body and the life that I have and, you know, I I meditate in the morning and I journal, I manifest and um, really try to just live intentionally. But also I'm okay if like, you know what, some days I'll wake up and I'm like, screw it. You know, I'm not getting up and going to the gym. I'm sleeping in, I'm cuddling my dog. I'm going to eat pizza and drink an old fashioned, you know? So like, it is one of those things that, and I think, again, like I'm very, like yoga is at the base of me, but they do talk about like prana, like your life force, your energy, is very much affected by your mentality. And so, like, if we're constantly telling ourselves no's and we can't and don'ts and all this kind of stuff, it's energetically gonna start to physic physically affect your body and like tear you down. And so being smart, <laughs> but also, you know, like we only have one life, you know? And I wanna I wanna go to bed smiling, you know?
0: Yeah, amazing. I mean. I mean, that's like pretty much your reward. I mean, your guilty yeah. pleasure. I mean, you do all this work. I mean, you keep yourself occupied. I mean, for me, like sometimes I don't feel like traveling. You know, I go to travel to wrestling promotions, of course, when I'm booked to a wrestling show. So it's like sometimes I say I don't want to go traveling. I mean, if I mean, if I have to travel 30 minutes, I mean, at least that gives me time to rest. But, you know, if i got to go four hours or six hours to a wrestling show, I mean, it's like. Well, at least I don't drive. I mean, that's just right up to with people on the same show. It's just like, really, it's just that like you said, it's like, should I wake up and just do what I want to do or just go back to sleep? Nah.
1: <laughs> and sometimes it's OK to go back to sleep. I have done that plenty of times. I have had a 6 a.m. yoga class booked on Mind body. And I've woken up and my dog snuggles up next to me and I go, you know what, I'm just going to take the $10 charge, you know, and that, and I think that, and I think again, that's, that's me listening to my body and going, this is what I need. If you do that every day, then you might need to like. Have a better like translation of what your body's telling you, <laughs> but uh, I think it is important. I'm, I'm totally fine with rest days. Often my rest days are active rest days for sure. Like it's different than you know people who just lay around. But I think that's just because that's who I am as a human. Like I you know it, even if I don't work out for the day, I'll take my dog for a long walk or something. You know, like it just for me, I feel good when the blood is moving and I'm like feeling like all the adrenaline and endorphins like working their way through my body. And so like to me, that's like I'm an I'm an active rest day kind of girl.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Hey. So who would you say you look up to while you're on your journey?
1: Who would I look up to? Oh man. You know, they we always ask these questions. It's funny, my husband teases me, I hate these questions. Like, who's your favorite person? And who do you look up to? Because I never have a good answer for it. And you know, it's oh man, I don't you know, I don't know. I hate you know, one day I'll have one. One day I'll have one person. Um I'm trying to think, is there someone? You know, I I do follow um there are a couple of fitness gurus that I do follow. Um Emilio Caesar, he's he's a beach body guy. Um, and I'm a big fan of him because I feel like the way I like to teach very much emulates the way he teaches. Um, he does a lot of great... His classes are just really smart. Um, it's, not, you know, it, it is just like another beach body workout where they're, you know, doing strength and tone and some cardio and stuff. And he builds these great programs. Um, they're usually like six weeks, seven week long programs. And, you know, they... It's just the way they target the body, the combos that they build, the progressions and regressions that they have that he makes available are awesome. And I think he's just got a fun personality too as well. So um, don't tell him, but sometimes like I'll go and check out his videos and take some of his combos and throw them into my classes because I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I like that. That's smart. Um, So he's a guy that I definitely follow a lot. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, other than – I mean, he's the only like name that I can say – that i look up to um you know it's funny uh okay he's not like a he's not a fitness guru but um rajan rondo uh i he was a basketball player and i kind of was always obsessed with just the way he played he's very similar to how i like to play when i played very much a ball handler very quick on his feet um he can definitely um see the court very well. Like you watch him watch the court. Um, But the joy that I would see when he'd play basketball, like it just like watching him made me happy and he seemed happy. And um, I think that it just, he was so playful. Um, So I was really big when he was on the Celtics and we would go to a lot of his games. And um, I had this uh, Rajon Rondo uh, bobblehead and I feel so bad, but the year they were playing the Lakers, I don't remember which game it was, game five or game six, um, he dislocated his arm.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> That was the same um, summer I dropped the bobblehead and the same arm popped off of it. And, you know, like any sports person, we're all so superstitious. And for the longest time, I was like, oh, my gosh, I, like, dislocated Rajon Rondo's arm for the, like, the game. Um Tragedy. Uh, But that being said, so he left the court. And then um, when he came back on, I don't know. And I could be 100% wrong. Like we see things how we want to see things. But he, you know, he couldn't use his his arm and he's just dribbling one-handed and just watching – the players didn't back off. It must have been like game five. I can't remember because it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, we have to win this game. Um, But there was like so much respect on the court – For him, like they were definitely like the Lakers were like definitely playing against him. But you could tell that it was like, let's not be dumb. Like he just freaking dislocated his arm. Um, And I don't know, that moment in history, in history, it wasn't even that long ago, um, that moment in time just kind of still sticks with me. Um, So he's he's a player that I just really enjoyed watching and I just really enjoyed seeing his playfulness with his players and, um, the opposing teams. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I loved it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's always great to find somebody that's, um, in the fitness, um, community that you look up to. And uh, also you want to look at somebody that's pretty much not in the fitness, um, community, but really has that, um, that persona, that energy that you look for when you're in a when you're a instructor, it's like, yeah. that's what you want to look. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, um, of course, let's just say you got a lot of participants in your class and um, of course, I could say probably a majority of them like ask, um, what's it take for you to be a fitness instructor? So if they were to ask you that, what, what, what advice would you give them like how to start out?
1: Um, I'd probably tell them to like find out what it is. You know, it's funny you ask that because I had a student literally just yesterday say she was tired of working. She was like, "All I want to do is take workout classes," and I was like, "Okay, well, yes, uh, but you know, what about your mind? Like, let's let's get it, let's get that involved." It's just you know, workouting is great. Um, and she's like, "Well, I just want to be a you know, do this." So, what if I you know became a fitness instructor? And I was like, "Are you actually passionate about teaching, or are you just lazy about work?" Um, and she's just lazy about work. Huh. But I think it's finding a modality that you like, um, starting there, um, and you know, whether it's Boxing or yoga or um, spin, Pilates, bar—the ones that are like really like specialized. Find the modality that you're passionate about. Um, take a bunch of classes in that modality, and you know, really ask yourself what it is that I like about this, and then why do I want to teach it? Like, is it just so that I can um, get paid to cycle? You know, like, is that why it is or? is it because you want to share? Like, do you have something in you that you want to give to others? Like information, do you want to share? Do you want to see growth? Like, find, like I think asking them what their motivation is. And if they're like, yeah, I'm passionate about teaching. I'm passionate about sharing. And I love this modality. Then I would just tell them to like, also just, you know, kind of explore their own personal physical fitness and really get to know like the questions that you were asking earlier, what were your challenges? What, uh, how did you learn? Who, who taught you and what did you learn from them? Um, because I think that really plays into you being a trainer and a teacher because sometimes you have these athletes and they were like athletes their entire life and they were athletes in college and they went to school for um, sports and science or whatever. And then they come out and fitness has been part of their life since they were like two. And so sometimes it's really hard for those people to relate to people who fitness is part of their life two weeks ago, you know? And so I think it's really important. It's one thing to be a trainer and to know your modality to a huge extension, like to a huge uh, thing, but to actually be able to teach it, you've got to get inside their heads and their bodies and know where they're at, where they're starting from, where they're coming from. And that is crucial. Like, And it's really hard in group fitness classes because you've got people ranging from like 20 to 60 probably in your class, and you have to be able to teach to both at the same time. If they're in your class, they're your student. Um, It's different when you're one-on-one and you can really just break down their journey and where they want to start and where they want to go. But I think it's very important as teachers and trainers to not only know your modality uh, very well... But also know where a non-person who's never been in this class before, what they could do. Um, you know, especially like going back to like yoga. Um, if you're really flexible, if you were a dancer, if you just had the skeletal makeup that allows you to bend deep into some of these postures and you're trying to teach these classes to beginners, they're gonna get discouraged because they're gonna think that they can't do something. Um, versus, you know, if you explain to them, like I talk to them, especially in yoga, I'm like the block using the yoga block does not mean you can't do something. It means you, it's allowing you to do something because we can make our muscles as stretchy as we want, but we cannot change the length of our bones. And often we can't change the shape of them, you know? And so one person can like double over into a back bend because of the way their spine is stacked and the shapes of their, you know, lumbar region and their lower back. And then other people are not, they're going to literally barely be able to look up to the sky. And I think that is very crucial for knowing your modality from a beginner standpoint and moving there and then allowing yourself to play, have fun, get creative, you know, like sometimes, you know, you've got those people who aren't beginners and they're like, oh, not another bicep curl. And you're like, all right proprioception time. All right. You're now on a BOSO trainer, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I think that's the other thing is like, some people just, it is a science, like fitness is definitely a science, but I think the right brain needs to be involved too. Like there is like creativity to creating a class and not just doing a bicep curl and not just doing, you know, a squat. Um, And yeah, I think that's, that's a lot of advice, but that's where I would start.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when you talk about like everything else in the world, like fitness like where you work you know everything has like uh like pretty much a history behind it science math a little bit and of course a language to it so that's Mm -hmm. why i usually tell my students like when you go to school i mean what are the four main subjects i mean those four main subjects apply to everything that you do in the world so if you're lacking in like one of them or even like many of them it's like you're kind of selling yourself shorts so it's always best to I mean, you can't expect to be a straight A in all the um, subjects. I mean, it's like one in um, a billion that can be straight A's in um, all those subjects. But yet you know, have to have some type of knowledge in um in those subjects to really understand what, what you want to do, like where you want to go and, you know, what you want to like do with your life. That's pretty yeah. much what this fitness is doing. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, you can't expect fitness to pay the bills. I mean, but... Yet yeah, You know, that is like a side job. It's like you just it's your passion. But, you know, you know, it's not going to pay the bills.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you can make it pay the bills like there are gyms out there and there are setups. You can start your own studio. You can, you know, personal training in certain cities pays very well. Um, and, you know, you can have a bunch. i you know, I've worked as like my sole income as being a fitness instructor and personal trainer for multiple years, I stepped back from it cause it was just beating up my body. But, um, and I think a lot of that had to do with COVID cause we were all teaching online, which means we were teaching and doing our actual class the entire time. So if you had a hit class, you are literally doing that class while you're doing it to like the zoom video. Um, but it is, it does take time. It's one of those industries where like, you're going to probably start with three classes and you might get 30 bucks a class. You know, it's, you know, you got to get your, take time to grow, to grow your clients, to grow your following who groups that will come and trust you and get to know you. Like, you know, you know, any of us who've ever gone to a gym, we all have our favorite trainer. You know, we have our favorite teacher that we go to, you know, and so I think that's a huge thing, too, is you have to develop who what makes you you and like, you know, pull from people you like. But also in the end, you don't want to just be like trying to be someone else, like because then it's not going to be genuine and people are going to feel the clunkiness in your classes and your training. Um, So I definitely think find what makes you tick and then that just makes you special. And like I think that helps not only your personal training, but your group fitness, those people want to keep coming back to you.
0: Yeah. Like definitely. When I started off doing body combat, you know, I started teaching one class and then from there I went from teaching one class to supping for other instructors. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing, making a huge impact with everybody, you know, they just don't ask me to teach they beg. Yeah. yeah that's
1: it's always like, a place to be.
0: Yeah. It's like you have so much passion or you have so much energy teaching the classes. Like they ask them, are you are you going to teach? Are you teaching today? I mean, yeah, that's pretty much the reaction that I usually get. And I know that's probably the same reaction you get when you're with your clients and with your some yeah. participants. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then it just becomes fun. Like you look forward to class and they look forward to class.
0: Yeah. I kind of make it a comedy act, you know, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: you know, it's funny. I was going to say something about that. I feel like a lot of like, especially group fitness instructors, we all end up having our own little like standup routine. And I joke around, I'm like, guys, I'm here for the next 45 minutes. So you either love it or you hate it. Um, <laughs> and the things that come out of my mouth, there's been times I've been like in yoga at the end of class when it's supposed to be like calm and meditative. And I'm like, walk your arms out like a raptor. And I'm like, did I just literally growl in class? I did. I definitely just growled in class, and my students are like, "Yeah, that's you," they, <laughs> and they just um, take it.
0: Well, that's what's, that's the best thing about being an instructor. You have that gimmick that people love, and they come back.
1: Yeah, <gasps> uh, that's my just verbal throw up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, what would you say that you're? Well, what your motivational or inspiring quote that describes your journey?
1: You know, um, I have two that it's kind of, uh, there are two life mantras that I live by. Um, one is wherever the wind blows, I will follow. And, um, I have a little paper airplane, uh, tattooed on my middle finger, uh, because that kind of just represents that. And I think that's always just been something, um, not that I'm not grounded for sure, but like, I think I'm always up for like, okay, where's the new adventure? Where does the new season coming? You know, what can be new? And um, I kind of always had that, like, you know, I've lived all over the place. I grew up in Texas. I've lived in Boston. I've lived in New York, Miami, Utah. I'm back to New York. Um, I've traveled a lot. Um, So that's one mantra. And then, um, well, you know, like we talked about earlier, I always am like, why the hell not? (laughs) Um, I mean, the first time I went down a double or a, a black diamond was I remember someone just asked me like, all right, where do you want to go? And I was like down and I hopped off the like ski lift and went down my first black and I tumbled multiple times and I got to the end and I was like, guys, be careful. That one's icy. And they're like, no, Andrea, that one's a black. So like the why the hell not mentality has kind of always been there. And then a recent one, um, I learned this when I was in Mexico and it's, not, it's actually – African and Zulu, um, but it's I learned it in Mexico. A woman had it tattooed on her uh, Ubuntu, which means I am because we are, and I think that goes back to like kind of the yoga roots that I have. And a lot of people talk about karma in yoga and Indian philosophy. And It's like if I put out good, will come back. What I love about Ubuntu is it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. We are all intertwined. I am because you are. You are because I am. And that just like, I feel so much more connected to other humans energetically and physically. And I think that I incorporate that not only in my yoga classes, but my fitness career and just my everyday life. And it's like, you know, just like yoga, I, yes, I might be the teacher, but I'm also the student. You know, my students will always teach me. My, um, who I train will always challenge me. Cause like, maybe I come into class and I'm, you know, like my students are like killing it and I'm just like, awesome. Now I need to like level it up, you know? So like, that's been like a huge thing. And I actually literally just got it tattooed on my right bicep. But, um, so yeah, Ubuntu is like a new thing that like has really just, and I think it's not to talk politics or anything that's going on in the world right now, but I think it's a huge thing for me right now is that if we just all recognize that we are, I am because we are. You know, and so that's just been um those are kind of some life mantras for me.
0: Oh amazing. All right. Definitely that was a good interview, but we ain't done yet because we got the, we <laughs> cause here's here's what here's the fun part of uh whole podcast. Okay. I have I have some called the Hitten's gym.
1: So okay.
0: This is almost like a game, but Okay, it's fun. Like- I'm excited. All right, I'm so, really bad
1: at games, so we'll see. <laughs> all right,
0: so I'm going to ask you seven questions, so just answer them at the best of your ability.
1: Is this lightning round? <laughs> do I <pick laughs> yeah. Can I Google search?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, this ain't Jeopardy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, let's do it.
0: All right, the first question is, the best advice you ever gotten, and who said it?
1: The best I've ever... Good thing this isn't a lightning round. You ask me these questions, and I'm always like, I don't know. Uh, the best I ever got... Okay, here we go. I got it. Um... It's another mantra, but uh, my, one of my first yoga instructors, because of me being an athlete, one of my first classes, and I was going so deep into the pose, and I was trying to be as long and as flexy as possible, and I remember he said, um, that actually is not going to benefit you. Because now you're just hanging out in your joints. However, if you find that the um, middle ground where you've got your muscles working, but at the same time, you could stay there for a long period of time, the effort and ease is balanced. And it's actually sterasukan, the balance of effort and ease. And that is also tattooed on me. (laughs) That's on my left arm. Um, But that was like one of the best advice. And I have applied that in and outside of fitness. Um, because if there's too much effort, we exhaust ourselves. If there's too much ease, we don't do anything. Finding the balance of effort and ease has been, um, one of the biggest things, uh, in my life for sure. All
0: right. And here's one that usually people don't get, uh, the worst advice you've ever gotten.
1: The worst that, oh, just go heavier. (laughs) Um, I hate that. I hate that. Just get higher weights, get bigger numbers, um, yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, just don't, I, I'm not a, like, don't force it. Like that you might not have the core to go heavier. Like, yeah. So that's the worst advice ever. Yeah. Just go heavier. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's usually people say go heavier. I mean, you could do best with lightweight, you know, God. you
1: could do so much like slow down, slow your pacing, grab a pause. Like the first answer should not be like, I know hypertrophy, hyper, hypertrophy, ugh, words are hard. I know bulking up is a thing. Um, but even then you can't just go heavier because I've seen guys try to like do like over the head presses, like shoulder presses, they're leveling up their weights. They have no core structure. And I'm like, do you realize now you're, because you can't support those weights, your back is all out of alignment. And now you're not actually working the muscle you want to work. So even though you've increased your weights, you're not even targeting the right muscle to bulk up. So just go heavier I actually like to challenge all of my clients. I was like, let's see before we go heavier, if we can change the proprioception, if we can change the pacing, if we can change the timing, if we can change the rep numbers, there's so many other things we can do first. Um, so yeah, where's <laughs> the advice? Just go heavier.
0: Yeah. I mean, the worst thing to, is to go heavier is you try to go more reps, but you know, with heavy weight, you have to go less um, yeah. reps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. All right. How are you? How would? How do you reward yourself? I kind of call this the guilty pleasure.
1: Um, Cheetos and Old Fashions. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, uh, uh, I love a good Old Fashion. I'm a whiskey girl. Um, so you know, in fact, I almost made myself an Old Fashion for this podcast. Um, but I was really thirsty, so I'm just drinking water. Um, uh-huh. but Cheetos, uh, Cheetos, and then um, peanut butter and toast. Oh boy! <laughs> good or bad days, peanut butter and toast. Yeah. Uh, now uh, I'm hung. <laughs> I'm a girl who eats trust me <laughs> yeah so
0: do I I eat like a horse so, yeah. yeah all right if you were um uh, if you were able to work out with a famous celebrity who would that be
1: I want to play basketball with Rajon Rondo yeah <laughs> yeah I or him or Steve Nash either one but probably mostly Rajon Rondo I'd like to just like goof around on the court with him
0: <laughs> oh yeah Is there anybody else? Would you like, let's say, a famous actor that you would like to work out with?
1: A famous actor? Oh, yeah, Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman. So I listened to I listened to a podcast recently about him, uh, with him, and I he actually changed the way I started my day. He's a daily meditator. He recommended a meditation app that I now listen to daily. Um, he also does, um, when he's trying to tone up, he does, uh, seven minutes on the rower four days a week. Um, just includes that into it. And that is hard. Um, doing seven minutes on the rower. Um, but he, I think it would just be fun. Cause he's also like just a really fascinating guy to talk to. So I feel like I'm oftentimes like when I work out, um, I'm not a talker but I think that like him and I could just have like a fun conversation while we work out together. So yeah, Hugh Jackman.
0: Yeah. I mean the best Wolverine I ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: You know, it's funny you say that. Cause yes, I think he's awesome as Wolverine X-Men. I'm a huge X-Men fan. Um, and I think it's just cause I was a dancer, but like I, you know, I've watched stuff with him like on stage, like in Oklahoma, and he's in New York right now and music man. And it's just, it's it's awesome. He's a triple threat and he's this quadruple threat like, a, you know, so many threats. He's just a really cool human and he's so grounded and down to earth and just so kind. Um, yeah. Sorry, I could go off on him. He's great.
0: <laughs> All right. Secret talent.
1: Ooh, secret talent. Um, what is my secret talent? I should I, I feel like I've, I know what my secret I can't think of it. Off the top of my head. It's not a green thumb. My plants die constantly. Um, Do I have a secret talent? I feel like I've been asked this before. Um, Can I do anything weird with my body? No. (laughs) Um, This is where you're going to have to edit the podcast because of all this. um, Oh, no. You know what? Okay. I do have a secret talent. Um, I'm really good at tongue twisters. Like, um, okay, i guess, guessing you want me to show. So, um, Betty bought her some butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I put in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. So, she bought a bit of butter better than a bit of butter, and she put in her batter, and a batter was not bitter. So, it was better. Betty bought a bit of butter. butter. So, yeah. Ooh, um Bass talk. Yeah. Hey. I guess that's a secret talent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here's a secret talent. Uh, are you a fan of Star Wars?
1: Yes. Love Star Wars.
0: Uh, here's a little taste of it. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Ooh.
1: nice that's exciting I haven't haven't seen um no uh, um when is um just brain farting now my brain's dead Uh. um when is uh uh, the next one coming out um with um I can't think um uh Obi Wan Kenobi.
0: Oh, the series Kenobi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I think that's been out. But that came out like before or Memorial Day. They had okay. like a. So
1: I, that's what I thought. I was like, it either just came out or it's about to come out. So I. Haven't yeah, seen
0: it. so it's on Disney Plus. So it um okay. it had, uh, it came out on the, on the 27th. They had the first two Have episodes. You seen the, it? Oh yeah, I seen the first three episodes, <laughs> and of course okay. the next. Don't
1: tell me anything. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah. So make sure you go see those three episodes. Yeah. Okay.
1: I will. I'll do that tonight. All
0: right. All right. So we're
1: so like on that, like this, you know, my background. I am an actor. I did a geek web series (laughs) um, where I played a hot mess, and my fellow actor played uh, a super geek, and it was based on our friendship because although I am a geek, I don't have a lot of geek cred. In fact, I get everything wrong all the time. Um, So that kind of was. the web series was based on so it was funny because there were so many times when um i messed things up just to drive the geeks crazy like mixing up star wars and star trek and jabba the Hutt and boba fett and just like all this and it was so much fun to do
0: Uh, yeah i mean the only acting i don't know how to do is pro pro wrestling that's pretty much acting but (laughs) that's
1: performing oh it's the same thing yeah (laughs) less lines to memorize
0: yeah at least you don't have to worry about putting your body on the line getting um taking bumps yeah very true uh, all right. So if you were in a movie, what kind of movie would it be?
1: If I were in a movie, I would want to be in a a dramatic political thriller. Um where I got to do lots of stunts. Um that had really awesome dialogue, very similar to like Aaron Sorkin' style writing, where it's like really smart. It's fast talking. Um, but yeah, I wanna I wanna be like Tom Cruise, and I want to do all my own stunts. So, Tom
0: yeah. Cruise. Uh, see that new Top Gun yet?
1: I haven't. I think I'm going tomorrow. I think so. I think me and a friend are going tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Go see it, definitely.
1: Yeah. He does all his own stunts. He learned how to fly the helicopter for his past one. So any of the um, shots where you see him in the cockpit of the helicopter, same thing with the plane, um, that's actually him. Any of the wide shots where you see the helicopter in the plane doing stunts, That's not him, (laughs) but Uh, any of the tight shots, that's actually him flying, um, the flying.
0: Man, no need for him to get a plane ticket. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. So here's the final question. 10 years from now.
1: 10 years from now. Um, I hope I haven't broken anything in my body. Um, You know, I've always dreamed of skiing in Europe. I've not gotten that chance to. Um, My husband and I want to climb Machu Picchu. Um, I think I'd really like to just kind of be doing what I'm doing now, but just at a higher level. Like, new types of classes, new students. um, You know, it'd be fun to travel the world and be able to share that with people. I'd totally be like, if there was some... Anthony Bourdain-esque sort of like fitness show that I could do. Um, I always joke around with some friends that I'm like, what if we go to like different countries and like instead of like eating what they eat, how do they stay in shape? Is it, you know, like if there's no gym, is it that they're runners or is it that they're dancers or they have their own unique fitness regimen? I think that'd be really fun to like do a TV show like that, travel the world and just be like, how do you guys be healthy? You know, and it doesn't even have to be like, go to the gym. Like, how do you guys live your lives and take care of your bodies and your minds? And I think that'd be really fun.
0: Mason. All right. So before we kind of um, um, cut out this um podcast, is there any last minute words you'd like to say to those listeners out there?
1: Mm, I'd say just wake up, have fun, find something that brings you joy and really dig into it.
0: Yeah. More than coffee
1: well that's good too <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I like my morning coffee
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not a coffee person i'm tea green tea there
1: you go <laughs> You, uh, what, whatever makes you caffeinated go for it <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right thank you very much for joining me on this episode um andrea so hopefully everything is going well gonna go well for you in the future and um of course mm-hmm. keep i'm gonna keep up to date on um, instagram see what you're up to all right. so Sam, thank you very much all right so mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to do this closing of this podcast. Uh, all right, everybody. So for those who are just tuning in, tune into my previous episodes on the BICBPradio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another episode here at the Fit Fighter. All right. And for those who are just sitting on the couch, make sure you keep become active. No chips. <laughs> well, that's depends if it's the highway California Highway Patrol. That's the chips I like. All All right, everybody, I'm actually closing the gym here, so have a good day, everybody. Goodbye.